0: Welcome to the Brownstoner podcast. I'm your host, Josh Schnepps, publisher of Brownstoner. My guest today is Compass real estate agent Kristen Miller. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Josh. It's fun to be here. I love your background, by the way.
0: Thank you. Yes, I have Brooklyn in the background. We're talking about Brooklyn, so we have to have the Brooklyn Bridge in the background. So Kristen, I want to talk a little bit about your background. I know that you used to work in the fine art world and have a passion for interior design. And the background certainly shows in the preparation you do to help a seller put their best foot forward to get the best possible deal for the seller. So if a homeowner is considering putting their home on the market, what's the first thing that you would advise them to do?
1: Well, the first thing a homeowner should do in putting their home on the market, um, it's just hard to narrow it down to one golden nugget. There's really a lot of steps involved. So step one, and I think this is the most important step is interviewing a broker. There's a lot of us out there. So I think you should Google a little bit, see who's an expert in your neighborhood. Who's recently done some transactions, call a friend and see if they can recommend someone who is really great for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make sure someone's like super experienced because New York is very unique we have co-ops and condos and we have townhouses which townhouses can be more similar to most house transactions throughout the country but when it comes to co-ops and condos you have boards involved and applications and certain steps that you want to make sure someone can make feel normal because in New York it's not normal. <laughs> I'll never forget my first real estate transaction and it's probably what inspired me to become a broker because it was scary you know like you go it was my rent a rental and i go to this like dungeonous room and there's like a creepy guy in there asking me to give me all this give me all this money and i was so nervous so i just think finding someone who makes you understand that it's a complicated city and that things are going to be a little uncomfortable is important but back to your question about me being in the fine art world i did that for about a decade and it's been i think just super helpful experience coming into the real estate world because A, visuals are so important. Like Mm -hmm. the first thing a client sees when they're looking for an apartment is the photos and they see, you know, is this kitchen bright and sunny? Or can I imagine myself in that living room watching TV? And our job is to make sure that the presentation is like just so on point that somebody wants to go there, wants to check it out, wants to sit in that staged imaginary <laughs> living room yeah. and spend time there. So I think that decade of experience was just like so impactful on what I do now. And also when you work in the arts and I worked with a lot of younger artists, you have to like get creative with marketing cause you don't have the money to like spend on these huge splashy ads. You have to kind of utilize what you can. And some of the apartments we work with are studio apartments and they don't wanna spend $20,000 on staging. So we have to get creative and go on Amazon but yeah, I just think that all these little pieces really help me help my clients.
0: Well, let's talk about, it. you recently put into contract two of the most popular listings on StreetEasy. And you touched yeah. on this a little bit, but what are some of the things that help make a listing popular? And how does the popularity of a listing affect the sale from your experience?
1: Uh, well, I think that the two most important things, and I think most brokers will agree with you, agree with me, um, number one is your price, mm. price, price, and more price. Uh, if it's priced incorrectly, you're not going to get anyone in the door. Um, so we really have to back into it with comps and neighborhood know how. Yeah. Um, and number two, I think, especially with Street Easy and in the Instagram world that we live in, people are constantly clicking through things. So, you, like I mentioned before, like visuals, your presentation. You know your entire package really needs to be super digestible for a buyer. So when they see that price, they need to go, when they're on StreetEasy or Compass.com or Corcoran.com, like whatever like outlet you're using, when you're scrolling through those things, we wanna be the one that's like, oh wait, oh, I wanna go there. So I think that when you combine those two pieces, like putting in all the effort to make it visually compelling and putting in the effort to make sure the pricing is, is compelling, then you end up with this complete package that invites more buyers into your home. And the more buyers you get, the more offers you get. Mm -hmm. So I think that whole package is what's selling your home. And when you, you know, when we have something that's priced well, we're apt to get more offers And the market right now is just on fire. So if you price it well, you're gonna, if you do not have, 20 people at your first open house, 20 parties, which 40 people at your first open house and at least two offers in the next three days in the, I would say even 2 million and under category, then you're price strong. Wow, so does everybody hear that? It is insane right now. I, mm-hmm. And it's not just New York. I mean, New York City is coming back, which is like, amen, city of dreams, here we go. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yes,
1: But yeah, I just think it's, it's having that whole package. That's just gonna make your listing be noticed and get you the most money possible. And that's our job. It's to get you to that closing table, you know? And so we want to achieve our goal for you and make you as happy as possible. So you can move on to your next place, your next dream home. So, yeah. I
0: think that's Let's it. talk about the Brooklyn market in particular. So talk a little bit about what's happening right now with home prices in Brooklyn, particularly in light of everything that's been happening with COVID and the pandemic. And where do you see the market going into uh, the future?
1: If I had a crystal ball for the future, I'd mm-hmm. probably be living in Italy right now. <laughs> Sipping on my it little you know, be, cocktails, right. making olive oil. But no, it, based on my market knowledge and knowing. So when I left the art world, I started this career about five years ago. And I was really lucky. I got to work with one of the top brokers in Brooklyn. and She's a kick-ass broker. She's really awesome. And she let me hit the ground running. And I learned so much from her. And I was a part of hundreds of transactions, hundreds of millions worth of sales volume. And what was fascinating to me at Brooklyn is that it's constantly increasing. It's a city that has so much growth potential. And there's so many neighborhoods that even though they feel established, there's still like three houses that no one's done anything to in 50 years. So there's just so much upside in all the neighborhoods. So we've been it's been amazing to see like, it's kind of like a steady increase. And I think Right before COVID started, the housing inventory was seeing some problems. There were some adjustments in pricing and Mm -hmm. I think some house sellers were struggling a little bit, but the price points were still phenomenal. You know, it wasn't like they were losing half their investment, there were some adjustments. Um, And we saw some clients really struggle with, with Mm -hmm. that, like accepting that this Brooklyn investment wasn't like skyrocketing. Um, And then we had some other clients that were able to get those like just under a million dollar apartments and actually get them for under a million and avoid the mansion tax and that kind of thing. So there was like some incredible things happening in terms of buyer friendliness, Um, but those buyers fortunately closed on those apartments and now they're worth even more money very Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter. And the COVID market in Brooklyn in particular has been just incredible. And I think people unfortunately left Manhattan because they wanted more green space Mm -hmm. and they wanted less neighbors, no elevator. And I think that Brooklyn offered that, but you're still in a city. You can go to the park, you could, you know, Brooklyn Heights has Brooklyn Bridge Park, you know, Park Slope, forget it. You have the Botanical Garden right now is just like off the charts. Everyone I know is having like the best time ever. and uh, so I think Brooklyn offered that. So, Park Slope has been just skyrocketing, Prospect Heights, you know, anything near the park has just been going crazy. And I don't see this trajectory stopping anytime soon because now we have this magical thing called time to put your office clothes on and go back to work
0: <laughs> reality
1: reality back to reality um and i think some people are struggling with it because there was like that they hate to go into the office anyway and now they have to go back so changing jobs and blah blah but i think most people are still seeking jobs in urban areas where they can you know excel in their careers so i think what i'm seeing is that people you know we just launched two listings one was a rental one's a um a little apartment on the Upper East Side and both the open houses are booked already. And yeah, it's great, it's great. It makes me so happy for our city. You know, everyone's coming back and they're all getting new jobs. And I mean, the news is all talking about the employment, you know, everyone's like fighting for employees. So I just think, I don't think that this like skyrocketing market is ending anytime soon. And I wouldn't be surprised to see like a record breaking summer in terms of sales and rentals. Yeah, I think I'm excited about it. So, our buyers are nervous because it's competitive, but it's exciting.
0: Well, let's talk about one other key aspect of real estate, and that's negotiation. Oh. So, (laughs) that's uh, an area of expertise that you emphasize in the selling process. So, what do you tell your clients about negotiation, and what tips or strategies for sellers can you share?
1: Um, Well, yes, I love negotiating. And I have to tell you, my, my fiance didn't believe me at first and I was good at it. And now that he's got <laughs> to see me in action, he's like, you do like doing that. I'm like, yes, you have to play it cool, babe. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I think when you're negotiating, your biggest enemy is your emotions and your like wanting to like clutter it up. And I think clutter is your enemy in when you're selling your apartment, throw it all away. And when you are negotiating and you want to, you're like, well, if I do this, then can I get more money? If I do that, can I get more money? Well, I've had clients say, can you tell them that there's there's more offers than there are? And I'm like, heck no, we're not doing that. That's like shooting yourself in the foot. Like, no, you're not doing that. And I've had clients ask me, well, can we tell them that um, we'll sell them the mantle for another 10,000? Can we throw in the furniture? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> a little more no on top of that and then a cherry that says no like you have to keep it really simple otherwise people feel like they're being tricked or they just they just want your house and they don't want to feel like they're being tricked they don't want to feel like they're being lied to and they don't want to feel overwhelmed and i think sellers also want to feel that way they want to feel like the buyer really loves the house they want the house and they're keeping it simple mm-hmm. so uh, whenever it comes to negotiations if it's a highest and best scenario we always say give it a deadline we want all offers by this time at this day so that everyone has a fair chance at getting the home and can really tell us like this is the actual most amount of money i'm willing to pay for it and that way sellers can just like make a decision Move along, and then others are in backup, and we can get it done. And I think when there when there's too much back and forth, and it's this volley, people feel anxious, taken advantage of, and, and it's not just just a terrible way to do things. Um, and then I think when it comes to negotiating, when there's only one offer and somebody's stuck to their a seller stuck to their number, it's just a matter of like being super patient with both your seller and your buyer, and helping everybody get to that happy place because there is a happy place for both people. You know, if it's a serious buyer, they're gonna pay a little more. And if it's a serious seller, they're gonna come down a little more. So I do think that it's just a matter of keeping it as streamlined and simple and happy as possible. there to be buoyant because it can get a little dramatic and emotional. And that's our job. Erase all that. You know, make this just about, I know you love your home, you live there forever, but let's get to the bottom of the that you want to move on to something else. So yeah, it's kind of how we do it.
0: (laughs) Well terrific advice and insight. Thank you so much. No problem. Well Well, one of the things I love to to end off the Brownstoner podcast is is asking our guests what inspires you about the borough of Brooklyn. So what inspires you, Kristen?
1: (sighs) Okay. So coming from the art world, I think that the creativity, the energy and the people, I mean, how could that not be inspiring? Mm -hmm. When when I was young and I was in college, you know believe it that was many years ago. Um, <laughs> I was in college. Uh, I was going to Williamsburg with my friends a bunch, and that's when it was like Bushwick, you know, and it was like not as is polished there now. When I was when I was younger, I remember we went actually went out to Bushwick once, and there were like chickens running around. <laughs> you know And like that was really fun for us because we were all in art school and we wanted to be like cool and in the new place and somewhere creative. And, you know, as I, my next move to Brooklyn was Brooklyn Heights, which is definitely a little, the more polished version of Brooklyn, but all the, everyone's like, you walk down the street, everyone knows you, everyone's like, wakes up in the morning and checks their news bulletin. So everyone's aware of like what's going on in the world. And, you know, there's artists, I have friends that have studios still and, you know, Cobble Hill, so you get to visit those. So I just think this, like, it's a big city, but a small community you know it's how it feels to me and I find that you you wake up in the morning and it's just so great the sun shining the birds are chirping and your neighbors want to be a part of your life and that is just such a beautiful thing to me
0: well Kristen thank you so much for being with us on the brownstoner podcast
1: it's been so fun thanks for letting me talk a lot
0: (laughs) pleasure (laughs) tune into the brownstoner podcast at brownstoner.com